Warning, the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of Clan Imperial Guard, Radio Link Net, or their sponsors. This show is intended for a mature audience only. Parental discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. You're listening to the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard and the Emperor's Court, powered by the Clan Imperial Guard Online Gaming Radio Network. Yeah, baby, that's the way I like it. All this energy calling me, back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude, it's back where it belongs. That's right, folks. Cleveland, in fact, does rock, and I am the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard, and I am coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio, this evening. Uh, a just got done watching a a heartbreaking Browns game with the drop to the Baltimore Ravens, but they played very well, and of course, coming off a very exciting win of the Ohio State, the Ohio State Buckeyes, over the Nittany Lions of Pennsylvania State yesterday at the Horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of the Emperor's Court. Tonight we saw. Excuse me, Wills, we celebrate 11 years of an ex- in existence of a clan. That's Clan Imperial Guard, the one that I run. Now, granted, by and large, the clan and the radio network that we run don't have a whole lot of uh, crossovers of what they do together, do with each other, other than majority of people that first started listening to the show to the network began coming from our website and our community site, which has been around for a very long time and has a very large community, obviously. But we're going to take a look back. We're going to go back, and we're going to, I'm going to tell some stories. I'm going to tell how we got our start, where we've gone from there, uh, how we started all those years ago. And pretty much it's going to be all about the clan. And let's be honest, folks. There are very, very few clans in existence today that can boast the same kind of history, tradition, hell, that can actually say they've been along as long as we have. And I know of two, and they haven't always been active, in and out. Two! In all the games that I've played, all the clans that come across, there's only two that have been around that I know of that have been around as long as we have been. And I've seen a couple over the last two years fall by the wayside, World of Warcraft being the main cause of that. So, no game specifics tonight. It's all going to be about how we got our start, where we've been, where we're going, what we've done, and uh, what we plan on doing in the future. So, sit back, relax. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how long the show will go. It's going to go until we get to the end. But uh, yeah, thank you, Divine Justice, who was in the IRC channel saying, Oh, here comes Grandpa Emperor with his war stories. Folks, if you want to get in the conversation, you want to discuss what we're going to talk about tonight, you can join us in irc.solidirc.com, channel 1G. Or you can hit us up on AOL's Instant Messenger at EMP, the number 1, the letter G, EMP1G. 
Of course, as always, I'd like to thank our sponsors, blizzlink.com and theharborbluegroup.com for sponsoring the show and uh, the network, putting the uh, money and the effort be, uh, behind the show and the network. We appreciate it. Hopefully, this Thursday, on the website at onejuryborn.com, you'll be able to check it out, that we're going to announce the launching of that show that's been in production for a while, uh, being hosted by Tree Fingers. There, I'm going to let that out of the bag. Um, I hope to uh, have some more details. Show time. It's going to be Thursday. It's going to be Thursday evenings. We're hammering out specifically the uh, time frame and the content, but uh, hopefully to have it this Thursday be able to announce finally, specifically the show name, the time it's going to air, and what the content's going to be. But you know that Tree Fingers of Clan of Your Guard will be hosting it. Also, for those interested in Warcraft 3, don't forget the podcast slash downloadable uh, show done by Air for Life, our friend from Down Under. You can find it at onejuryborn.com. He, I think, yesterday posted a state of Warcraft number 35, episode 35. So if you have any interest in Warcraft 3, the Reign of Cast, the Frozen Throne, definitely check it out. Well worth it. As you got a oh, host of information about the tournaments going on, the upcoming season four, the GGL, different professional uh, tournaments going on, player strategies, and of course, as always, he also shoutcasts several games and records them with the maps for your listening and watching pleasure. Definitely check it out. It's whatjuryborn.com. All right, where to begin? Well, let's start at the at the beginning. I founded the clan uh, on August the 16th, 1996, 11 years ago, actually, this past August. And because things were getting kind of hairy around here, we have a lot going on in the world of Warcraft. We have a lot going on uh, with this new mod coming out for Rome Total War that we just didn't get around to, which is mainly my fault. A lot of the guys reminded me I didn't put it on the site, so it, the buck stops here. You have me to blame for that. But I founded it on, uh, unfortunately, our website is wrong. I, I've never actually fixed it, but it's August the 16th, 1996, the day I officially founded the clan. Now, where we got our start, there was the store uh, in Northeast Ohio that we went to, uh, in the Cleveland area, that had, it was like a hobby shop slash gaming store, and it had, um, it had a lot of games, a lot, it actually had, uh, you know, board games, magic, Eventually would have Pokemon, you know, Warhammer, things of that nature. Not necessarily big games that I have an interest in. I mean, I like some of the old-style, old board war games, and they didn't have a whole lot to do with that. So it just happened I have me stopping by. And a friend of mine was really into magic at the time, and I had just entered college uh, the semester before. Actually, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. I would be starting uh, college that semester, that fall semester. So in about three weeks from that was when I was going to be kicking it off. And he was a big magic freak, and he'd been in college actually for a year. So we had stopped in there. That's where he got his magic cards. And I noticed that they had just started installing computers. And I happened to know a couple of the guys that worked there. You know, actually, they, it was a family-run store, and they owned the place. So we sat down, and they installed had installed Warcraft 2 and Quake 1. And so a couple of us were hamming around on it just for fun. It was like you could play like five bucks for five hours. And it was the coolest thing because, you know, at home, we all had our crappy old Hewlett Packards and Packard Bells and whatever machines that could barely run Pong, let alone anything else. And Quake had just come out, I think, within a few months prior to that. And it was, oh, it was great. You could look up, you could look down, there was monsters, you had a rocket launcher, you had a grapple hook. And it was fantastic. Warcraft 2, um, we'd all had, actually, me and the majority of my friends had bought and had played at home. So we knew about it, but we never actually played online. Back then, you know, if you had a dial-up, you were on the cutting edge of technology. I mean, broadband, 
You didn't even talk about that. Hell of us. None of us even really knew about it. So that wasn't, you know, the big thing. So we sat down and we started having a round. And we played there on and off over the course of the rest of the summer. Uh, yes, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. I'm being reminded that I need to get it. I'm getting ahead of myself. When we started looking at this was uh, my senior year of high school is 1996. That was when we graduated. We started actually going there to this place and playing games, games and screwing around um, around April of that year, of 1996. That's when we finally met, I think it was Quake 1 and Warcraft 2 and what have you. That's when we started playing. And several of the guys that actually used to go to the store on a regular basis, and they were people our age, you know, high school guys spending some time, you know, when there's nothing else going on. And there was four or five of us that continually played uh, Quake 1. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, back then we were using the you know the old keyboards. You know, we were using the the arrow keys. We we're using the control button to fire. What the hell did we know? We didn't know we were supposed to use the mouse. Well, eventually we came on to this fact. We figured it out that you got to use the mouse. Okay. Well, it just so happened that one day we were invited to play on this online server that one of the guys who ran the computers at the store owned. And apparently this is where we got introduced to what a clan was. And he said, well, why don't you come onto the server at like 9.30 after the store closed. You guys can, can hang around. And you and the bunch of you guys here at the store that play the game can play Quake 1. You guys can be our practice squad. You guys can play against us and capture the flag. Oh, this is cool. Oh, all right. Internet team. What the hell do we know? The clan was called Clandestine Incorporation, CDI, which was an actual company. It's an actual computer company, and it was run by a guy named Evan. His name, his online name was SureShot, SureShot CDI. And there was different ones like Killer B, and there was Thunder, and whatever the hell their names was. I don't remember all of them. The point was, we had a practice. Now, keep in mind, we'd only begun playing this game about three weeks prior. These guys had had a clan since the game was released. They knew all, all about this. We beat the hell out of them. Badly. No coordination, other than the fact that we were sitting in the same room together, and there was six computers, and there was six of us, and we could communicate back and forth. And we'd only played Deathmatch before. We hadn't really ever played um, Capture the Flag. We didn't know most of the maps. We destroyed them. Wasn't even remotely close. A lot of captures, beaten by like 300 frags, something like that. So... He calls the store, and he says, well, you guys are so good, why don't you guys just join our clan? You guys can, you know, be one of us. We thought, eh, what the hell, it's something to do. It was great. I mean, we were like, we had no idea what to make of this thing. We never, we had no idea what a clan was up until this point. Even when we were told, I mean, the, the very idea was kind of weird to us. It's like, a, a, a clan? A, a gaming team? Okay, do we get paid? At the time, we didn't, but we'll get to that later on. So we play with CDI um, in, a, in a variety of different tournaments. We play with them a couple of clan matches. Okay, a lot of clan matches. And this went on pretty well until, I believe, late July of that year, late July of 1996. And we played in the League of Capture tournaments, the Frag and Tag uh, 1, Frag and Tag 2, uh, the CTFL League, which is the Capture Flag League for the League of Capture. We played in all these different things. Um, we played in a bunch of tournaments that were online, sponsored by, you know, people like Intel, Packard Bell had a tournament. Those local tournaments at the CompUSA, I personally went to in some deathmatch tournaments, and I won. Uh, that's where I first started making money myself, as a quote-unquote professional Quake player, was winning, I won a $500 purse at a CompUSA, and it wasn't, I'm sorry, it wasn't CompUSA, it was Eggheads in North Olmsted, Ohio. They had a tournament, uh, they had a tournament at, there was another computer store, and it doesn't exist anymore. 
And I'm sorry, for the life of me, I cannot remember what it was called, but they had a $1,000 purse. And I came in second. I lost by one frag. And I came with 500 bucks in that one. But as the months went by, um, the store that actually we had gone to had hired Clandestine Corporation to run the computers. They would give the space. They would run the computers and split the profits. Now, I don't understand exactly what happened, but somewhere along the lines, uh, there was a fight between the two companies. And CDI pulled the computers from the store, and that was that. The store owners decided they were going to buy their own, put their own in, and, and that was it. So because of a real-life business problem between the two, both sides stopped talking. Now, the problem with the clan was that half the guys were from the CDI company. Half the guys were either employees of the store or you know regulars of the store that attended there. So, of course, as you might imagine, CDI collapsed. The website went down, players stopped playing, and that was that. So one night, we are just kind of screwing around on Quake 1, and um, there was a couple of us there. And it, I remember because there, there was a horrible thunderstorm that day. I think it was like the 13th or 14th of August. And a couple of us were talking. And I believe, and I don't know if Ghost even remembers, because I think he may be listening tonight. He's still around. But he turned to, it wasn't me he was talking to, but I think he, was, he turned to uh, Butcher and said, you know what, why don't we make our own clan? I mean, honestly, we were the best players of the bunch. Why don't we just keep going, keep doing what we were doing? And Butcher said, well, you know what, I don't really have the time to do it myself. I don't have the time to organize everything. And Butcher had worked at the store, and he was a hell of a player. And he would actually lead a, a, a clan later in um, um, Ultima Online, which I'll get to in a few minutes. Hell of a player, very organized, people played for him, get along with everybody. He very well could have, very easily could have taken over run things. But for a variety of reasons, he doesn't. So, a couple days later, and this was the 16th, I came in, and I was talking to the guys, and I, was, and I had been talking to a few players online. The rule of thumb of CDI was, and it made sense, was we don't recruit players outside of the store itself, simply because it was a far better way to communicate by talking to each other, sitting next to each other, than we do, you know, he started college 11 years ago. That's right, that's why I have three, count them, three degrees, Divine Justice. How many do you have, jackass? None! There you go. And I didn't go to college the entire 11 years. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So I, I stopped in, and I talked to Ghost, and I talked to a couple of other ones, and said, why don't we make a... I, I like your idea. Let's run a clan. I'll run it. And I, I listed out, we're going to do things this way, and this way, and this way. And I'd already talked to a couple guys online that we saw regularly that we played against, that at the time, for one reason or another, weren't a part of any clan or weren't signed with any sponsor. And I talked to them, uh, one being Mung, one being the Pumpkin King. And I said, guys, why don't you join with us? We'll form our own clan, and we'll start from scratch. And there was a couple other, there was a group of brothers, there was five brothers from Bay Village that played there. Uh, ranging from like age 20 all the way down to like age 15. And they were all the way in through there, including a pair of twins. And we actually grabbed two of them and had them join us too because they were very good Quake players. So all told, there were eight of us when we started playing Quake 1. And we started off with a bang. We, we joined the League of Capture, did it under a new name. Uh, the Pumpkin King put up a website for us, and we updated as as best we could. In fact, I still have the website here on my computer. I actually saved it. He sent it to me a couple of years ago. And I know he still plays somewhere around uh, the Pumpkin King. So I think he plays in our Temujin now. At any rate, he is still around. 
so we got that together, and we started playing the League of Capture. And, I mean, after our third game, we were on top of the ladder. Because there was a ladder system, and it works very much like college football. That if you beat, like, the number one clan, you would get X amount of points, and you'd move up the rankings. Okay? And it, it, it was the same way. And our first game out of the box, we played Clan Gib, which I is one of those few I mentioned that is still around today. They're primarily only in MMORPGs. Very similar to us, as it happens, but they do still exist. And our first game together, or our first game as Clan Imperial Guard, we beat them in the Frag and Tag 4 tournament. We would go on to win that tournament. Um, the only loss we were handed uh, was by the Gunslingers, which actually was around up until about two or three years ago. They were the only ones to beat us. We beat Blood Brothers, Unforgiven Gunmen, um, but yada, 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 yada. Uh, later that, actually, I think it was 1997, about three months later after this tournament, because the tournament ran uh, from September, it was just like college football, from September to January. We ended up winning that tournament, ranked number one on the ladder. And I tell the story, it's funny, because one of the clans I made mention of that's still around, one of the two, or one of the three, is called Clan Rum, Rum Like the Drink. Which, ironically enough, it happens to be on our Mag Theridon server in World of Warcraft. The exact same clan. None of the original Quake players, I think the last one retired last year from World of Warcraft, but still there, still the same clan. And we had a match against them. And we beat them! And there was a, there was a lot of bad blood that carried through into Warcraft uh, for years because of this. And it was primarily because they picked a server, we beat them on it. They had a ping advantage of like 10 or 20, and back then people didn't really understand, you know, how big a difference ping made. Now we know today 10 or 20 points doesn't make that big a difference. So let's say we had a ping of like 100, 120, they had a ping of like 80 to 100. We didn't complain, we won, not a problem. Then they come and play on our server, because that's how the rules were. That we'd play one game there, one game here, and then if there was a tiebreaker, we'd play in one of the official league ones that the League of Capture provided. So we played on our server, and the ping difference, I think, was around 25. We had about a 25 ping advantage. So we were pinging around 80 to 100. They were pinging around 120, 125. And the leader at the time, I think, was Crash. And he bitched and complained and whined the entire first part of the match. It was a three-game set per match. Three games, and the winner goes on to the next one. And it was CTF1, CTF5, and CTF4. He bitched the entire time of CTF1. And I, I got, finally got fed up. I said, listen, you know, dick sucker, I'm tired of listening to you whine. You lost game one. If you're pissed about it, that's fine. The ping difference isn't any bigger here than it was on your server. So suck it up and play. Oh, they didn't want to hear it. Then all of a sudden it's trash talking. Oh, it's this, it's that. By the way, I still had the screenshots and I still have the write-up the next day that the Pumpkin King put in the news. Uh, we'll get to that in minutes, kids. And we trashed them. We trashed them good. So they quit halfway through the second set of the second match because they're just getting pounded, you know, like a drunk slut in Vegas. So they quit. And of course, they went right to their website and posted the victory. Say, oh well, we quit, and they had to forfeit because uh, they wouldn't accommodate our needs for the for the server. So that has led to bad blood that has existed up until actually this year when uh, WTC Krimer and I uh, finally buried the hatchet such as it was. It's kind of funny when you think about it that an internet feud would last that long between two groups of players that hadn't seen each other for 10 years but remembered, and actually they're right up. In fact, let me see if I can find it. It's on, I think it's clans-rum 
com or .org, and it's actually the write-up is the screenshots are gone, but the write-up is still there. Okay, I'll get you that. So I that, I wanted to get that out there because I think it's an interesting story. I it, it's funny to me sometimes how how big and yet how small the internet is. It's kind of like the old adage, you know, it's a small world. Well, it really is if you think about it. Schizophrenic brings up a, an interesting story here, and this is one that has plagued people for years. And you're, some of you people at home are probably rolling your eyes saying, oh my god, whatever, if anything's plaguing somebody over 10 years about the internet, they're gay. Well, you know, some of us actually enjoy our hobby, and that has nothing to do with it, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Back when the League of Capture began, when Clan Pilegard entered it, there was a, there was some clan that was called Clan Turks. Yeah, I don't ask me, but apparently they played, um, they changed their name to the characters from the Turks from Final Fantasy VII, which is like a, like a Secret Service Special Forces squad, like whatever. And they decided that they were going to go ahead and challenge all the top clans in the League of Capture. And they put out a, a, a token challenge or a blanket challenge to the clans like Big Smoke and Fish, the CCCP, Clan Flag, the Western Alliance, uh, Clan Blood Brothers, Clan Gib, We Were Challenged, Unforgiven Gunmen, uh, Raging Chia Pets, and, and others. And they trashed the forums that were there. And there was like, I think, five or six of them. They destroyed the forums for a month solid. Every single post in this thread, and, and you got to understand, there was 20, 25,000 individual people registered on this website, and they were there every day. Most of us were college guys. We're checking it at our dorms, in between classes, you know, whatever. For a solid month, every single thread was either started by a Turks member or has something to do with it. Why am I telling you this? Simple. For some reason which I have never fathomed. Somebody accused us of being the Clan Turks in disguise. I don't know why. Other than trying to cause trouble and being general jackasses and assholes, I don't see where they really accomplished anything. They never showed up for any of the challenges they made. But allegedly, we were supposed to have been them. The Clan Wenji was pretending to be the League of... were pretending to be the Turks to cause trouble and be assholes. Now, despite this, and despite the fact that you would think that anybody on the on the forums, the administrators, they could match an IP address to me who posted or any of the guys versus any of the Turks. They never did. Nobody ever had any screenshots of matches. Nobody had any ever proof. And yet, it has always to this day been suggested that we were them. Why is this significant? Because it continues to haunt us to this day. On occasion, this has happened, a lot of you who pay attention to the ones you're reborn forums know that on occasion we'll have somebody come by and post a, a Turks-related uh, post, either accusing us or yelling at us or calling us immature. I mean, 11 years later, this still continues to happen. We actually had one guy who quit the clan, I think his name was Stealth Diamond, who was convinced, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that we were them. Now... He was a, one of the Warcraft 3 staffers, and I don't know what his issue was. But, I mean, he would try to post things on the front page, try to post things on the forums, trying to incriminate us, and, and I never understood the drama or the point behind it. I mean, other than being a comical story or something, like, funny to relate to you, there, there really was no point to it. I mean, the League of Capture's been gone for almost a decade. 
What, do you think anybody's going to give a shit and come back and say, I, I knew it was you this entire time! But yes, that's it's one of the quote-unquote mysteries that have kind of followed us along. Al Capone wants to know, speaking of RTS, is Company of Heroes worth getting into? Oh, he's talking to somebody else. I'm like, oh, there you go. Schizophrenic has posted the uh, Clam Run write-up on uh, in the IRC channel. In fact, I'm going to click it right now. I'm going to go to it and see if I can read to you exactly what it is they wrote up. There we go. Okay, it shows uh, opponents. was May the 28th, 1997. He says 98, but I know it's 97. Uh, Capture the Flag, Quake 1, and it was on... They've, they've only posted the results from their server. All right, quote... This match was a fiasco. When we got to the Harvard server, I1G's pings were 20 to 50 and ours were about 90 to 120. Their pings looked like they were playing on the same network as the server. With visions of rapage dancing through my head, I told them that there was too big a discrepancy between our pings and I wanted to just make this a scrimmage instead of a sanctioned match. They agreed, but weren't very cordial about it. We moved to Errol's, which is another server, where the gap between pings was a little closer together and started playing. Then as I was sitting in Observer, I misinterpreted something Emperor, spelled E-M-P-O-R-E-R, good one, said as being a slur against us and just called everything off and told our guys to go back to our private server. Truthfully, we should have tried to find a server where the pings were more even and gone ahead with the match. And I jumped to the gun in Observer, misinterpreting what Emperor had said. We just weren't ourselves around this period of time and I was already expecting problems from 1G. At the time, their webpage was nothing but flames against virtually everybody they'd ever played. It was so extreme that it was almost a joke. Needless to say, we were the stars of their flaming for a while after this game. This wasn't a match, nobody won it, but, like uh, Blood Brothers before them, I think they posted it as a win for themselves on their page, so, being a big believer in tit-for-tat, I posted it as a win on ours. Signed, Crash. So there you have it. That's what Clan Run wrote about the game. Now I'll tell you this, and this is another little thing that I'm kind of proud of and I'm kind of not. Pumpkin King was very much like me in his attitude towards the internet. As in, it's one giant stage for comedy. If people take it too seriously, we're going to make fun of them. Pumpkin King had a lot of enemies in the League of Capture. He, there's a lot of players he didn't like, for whatever reason, who took the, he thought took the game too seriously. And, you know, took great pleasure in pointing it out and ridiculing them for it. So much so, that he actually created a website, or a, a part on, the, on our website that said um, it was our uh, 1G hit list. And it was, you are a, a, what is it? You are a butt-fucking-deserve-to-die. And he listed clans, names of players, servers, personal information, and each one had a description of why it is that they hated, why it is that he hated somebody. You know, he didn't like this clan because you were a bunch of fags, you are, you're a butt-fucking-deserve-to-die. He didn't like the League of Capture because there are stupid rules, the referees are corrupt, and they try to throw games. You're a butt fucking deserve to die. And it went on and on and on and on and on. And it was so popular that they actually cracked, when it got out there, the uh, server, our server actually crashed because we got about 15,000 hits in less than 10 minutes because somebody posted it on the, on the LLC homepage. So everybody was looking at it, clicked on it, crashed our website because our website at the time was something very small, something we, you know, we had never envisioned a lot of people coming there other than our members or people we were playing who were looking to see something about us. And I think it was like, what the hell was it? It was like www.en.com backslash 1G, I think it was. And it was um, the Ether Network was the name of the company. that had. Oh, I'm sorry, it was ExchangeNet was the name of the company. It's not around anymore. 
so they put it up there. Anyways, over the next like month, we would have people actually emailing us, requesting us to be put on the list. You know, people going out of their way to to act like assholes to hopefully make it on this list because they, I mean, it was it, we made it as a joke for ourselves, but everybody else loved it. They thought it was hysterical. They thought it was great. Anyways, that's what Crash is referring to because every time somebody would come up to our website or somebody we would beat, they'd end up on our hit list. You know, like we be we be Clan Blood Brothers. You know, learn to defend your your flag. You know, assholes. You are a butt fucking deserve to die. Things of that nature. So that is what he's referring to when he said, you know, their website is chock full of being made fun of everybody they ever played against. We didn't lose very often, so we were granted we were cocky and hell, you know me. I'm going to be by nature. But the fact is that we very rarely lost, so it was always fun to post about it. <laughs> Anyways, we played Quake up through the end of '98 into '99, and that kind of faded. What really started to fade for us was that uh, Ultima Online had been released, I think, in '97 or '98, and we had started to get into that pretty heavily. Um, there was no Imperial Guard Division at the time. There was a group of players that were playing uh, again at the store. A lot of the same ones that played in 1G also played in Ultima Online, but we weren't really organized. And again, much as it happened, I think it was in like February of '99, uh, it was '98 or '99, and we were outside the store. And it was freezing ass cold, and we had, they closed the store. We were all going out for pizza, and we were going to go watch a midnight showing of some movie that was coming out. I forget what the hell it was. And we were talking about this, and again, somebody made the comment and said, "You know what? We're all good players. We've all got a lot of resources. We also we all have a lot of friends. We know what's going on. We played on Catskills at the time. We started off at Lake Superior, but we moved to Catskills on Ultimate Line. And somebody suggested, and I think it was Skippy, uh, said." Why don't we just get together and make our own our own guild and start fresh, and do it the right way? And we all turned to Butcher, who was the same guy who we discussed, you know, putting in charge of the Quake Clan at the time. And he said, you know what? All right, this like I play a lot of. If we do things, we do things the right way. We get a guild house. We do this. We do that. You know, we we start getting resources together and we build this thing right the first time. And we all agreed. And it was about 15 of us. We said, all right, we'll do it. The next day, we made the results of Redemption, Z-O-R. We had, I think we had like five buildings we had um, plotted around. We knew a, a game master who uh, opened up a, a spot of land that you weren't really supposed to build any buildings on and let us do that. And for three months, we had the run of the server. Uh, we beat the shit out of everybody. At the time, there wasn't a whole lot of organized guilds. There was one that we always clashed with called the Undead Lords, the UDL, and they are one of those three that I mentioned that are still around today. They actually play World of Warcraft. They were on Archimond. I think they moved to an RP PvP server, but they still exist. And we used to fight them all the time. You either saw ZOR or you saw UDL. Anywhere you went in the game. Cities, dungeons, uh, monster spawns, you name it. We're always fighting. That lasted about three months, and the reason why is because EverQuest had, had released. And some of the guys who really weren't into PvP decided to abandon Ultima Online to play EverQuest because there was no fighting. You fought monsters and that was it. So once again, we had this big void where we had organization, we had some good players, but no one really took charge. So I got the guys together and I said, well, look, most of us already play together in Quake. We've already got the website up. Why don't we just use that for Ultima Online? We'll make another division for the, for the clan. We'll just make it uh, Imperial Guard Ultima Online Division. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's fine. So we did that. And a lot of the same players, like Ghost, like Sloam, like Jihad, like some of the others, 
we played there instead. Loaf Dog was another one. In fact, I'll read the Hall of Fame, uh, the names on our Hall of Fame at the end of the night. We always do that once a year. Uh, that's our tradition is we read uh, the muster roll of all those who have made it to the Hall of Fame who still play and who, you know, who are, in, are now inactive. And so we pulled our resource together. And at the same time Ultimate Alliance is playing, we're still playing Quake. And uh, Quake 2 has started to come out. And we had uh, play-tested Quake 2. They had online tournaments. We got invited um, because we're sponsors. We were invited. We got to play in a bunch of different tournaments. And uh, no, I do not lie to you when I tell you this. Between the time I started playing Quake in April of 96 to the time I stopped playing Quake 1 in 99, I think, I made around total cash prizes plus the different equipment. I made about 15000 bucks personally thereabouts. There were different clan members that played in different tournaments. Some didn't play at all. They just didn't, you know, like it or, or didn't care. But we used to get things like, um, used to get, like, uh, video cards, used to get uh, hard drives. We used to get uh, weird... I mean, remember when I won the uh, contest, or I'm sorry, I took second place the contest from Blizzard for the audio contest for uh, Warcraft 3 uh, what, six months ago? Same thing, where they sent me a mouse and some RAM and uh, things like... I never used any of that stuff because I had a I was stupid I had a Packard Bell and it was one of those integrated everything so you couldn't replace anything I didn't know shit about computers at the time I don't know a whole lot right now but I know more than I did so as Quake 1 died off we really got into Ultima Online and there was this Dragon Master this Dragon Tamer on the server called Shep Rock and he was a guy who was more into PvE he didn't really care to fight people and he would constantly get ganked and killed when he's trying to tame dragons, because that's what he did for his character in-game. In He'd sell dragons to people. And he constantly would get killed, and he got so pissed one night. And I have him do him, because I used to buy a couple dragons from him, and I'd let him loose in dungeons and let him eat people. I thought it was funny. He came to, he came to me and said, um, if I hired you and about five of your friends, would you go and kill some people for me? And this is about the same time that I had proposed, you know, taking over and making a 1G division, and I, I pitched the idea to him. I said, look, you help us, you give us the money, you help us to get the resources, to get stuff together. I will build an army here, and we'll just do things, you know, we'll take over. He liked it. So he, and he was rich. In-game, he was rich. I mean, we're talking 10, 15 million gold, when at the time, if you had 100,000, you were considered very wealthy. So he bought us a tower... Again, we asked our GM friend. He made us an island in the middle of the ocean. Uh, either he made it or he opened, up, opened it up to us. I'm not sure. He put the tower on there. The only way you could get to this tower is either by a boat or if you had a recall ruin right to the front door. That was our main base, the Imperial Guard Tower. And to my knowledge, on Catskills, it is still there to this day. There's somebody that has the Emperor character, to my knowledge, that still plays. Because I sold the account years ago. And it still exists to this day. So that's where we started, and we began recruiting. We had around 30, 35 players. And we actually, because in that game, you could actually dye your clothes, and you could actually have your own coat of arms, so you, everybody looked together. So we had, I think it was like a, a Kelly green tunic. We had a pitch black kilt, a gesture cap, and riding boots, was or our uniform, such as it is. And that night, we went around to all the different dungeons. We cleared them from start to finish. Anything living was killed. Most of the time, and Ultima Line was very touchy about killing innocents, killing you know evil people, that kind of thing. We didn't care at the time. We just leveled everything. So, for the next 18 months, about a year and a half, 
we crushed on Catskills. We beat up on the Undead Lords. We we beat up on Clan Ecstasy. We beat up on the IRA, the Immortal Red Army. Uh, we had there was this group called Cop, and the I equate them to what the Alliance is today in World of Warcraft, the cheesiest opportunistic bastards you'd ever want to meet. I mean, they won't fight you until they see they either have overwhelming numbers on their behalf or until they see you fighting a monster. Then they'll come up and kill you in the back. They used to run with us all the time. They were good to have, you know, just extra bodies. Oh, we would lay siege to the to the UDL tower because they had a tower in the swamp that they had a GM place for them. We would literally surround their tower and keep them in the tower. They couldn't get out for hours. Or they'd have, they'd try to call in, you know, reinforcements or friends, and these people would re, and we knew exactly where the recall spots were, and we would surround them and wait for them, and as soon as the people would recall, we'd kill them before they got out. So they'd they'd lose everything on them, but they'd have to run into the towers of ghosts, and we had to resurrect them there. And it got so bad that one day, uh, Clan Ecstasy, which was a very big guild, not very skilled, but big. Um, came to one of our players, and I forget who it was, and said, "Look, we want to, we want to bury the hatchet. Let, let's, you know, just call it peace, because you de- you could actually declare war on different clans with your guildstone. It's similar, yes, it's similar like alliance, but you could actually declare war on them. Yes, I mean the alliance on MacTheridan. Yes, Harrow. So they said, we'll meet you guys, and we'll we'll have we'll bury the hatchet and and what have you. Now here's the weird thing." When you say you just want to make peace in a game where you can declare war on people, you can do that. You only need one person. That's an officer or a guildmaster. You don't need 55 of your closest guildmates and friends. And it just so happened that one of our one of our members, again, there's at this time there's about 20 computers in, in the store now. About 16 of them are now occupied by our players at any any given time, um, primarily at night, since we knew the owner. And some of the employees who played in our clan with us, we used to be able to stay after hours. Sometimes we had to pay, sometimes we didn't, depending on you know who was there, who was looking. So it just so happens that one of them was on one of his alternate characters, what we call a mule character. And he was buying stuff because his character was a murderer and couldn't go into town. And lo and behold, he sees Clan Ecstasy and the city of Trinsic getting all their guys together. And we all, we all kind of cried around his computer and we saw... I shit you not, folks. He had 55 players there and waiting. And he's sending us messages over ICQ, because that's what we were using to communicate at the time. You couldn't message people in the game. You had to be in line of sight to see him talk. And he's standing there, and he's not gilded. He looks like a scrub, so nobody paid any attention to him. And they're talking right out in the open how they're going to jump us. As soon as the portals open up, they're all going to pour through this portal, and they're going to kill us on the other side. It's an ambush. Well, one of the players, one of the more unscrupulous players, uh, and if you ever want to hear exactly the antics this guy got us into, I suggest downloading some of the old Ultima Online stories that I told. This guy, his name was Lobster. Um, we knew him as Scott, but Lobster was an, uh, an unab- unabated asshole. This guy was the lone cause of several patches that went in the game, game-wide on all the servers, just because of the different exploits he had. At any rate, he's the one that's supposed to give them the recall rune for all these guys to come meet us. So he decides, okay, if they're going to ambush us, then let's you know counter them. We'll, let's double cross them. We'll have another. We'll have an ambush for them. And he re- he put a recall rune in the ground and he marked it. So when any time you mark a recall rune, anytime you use the spell, that is where you appear because you can go anywhere in the world. 
So he surrounded this one spot with treasure boxes, treasure chests, and he filled them all with iron ingots so that they were too heavy that you couldn't move them. Because your character can only carry so much weight. If it's too heavy, your character's bogged down and you can't move. And he put one space in the middle, one little hex, where the, the moon portal would open up. Then he ran into his house, because we were at, at his house we were doing this, his in-game house. And he came out with bags of high-explosive napalm. And he gave everybody napalm potions. And said, everybody, mark it on the ground. We had a program called Ultima Line Assist that had a macro that would always hit the exact same target. So you didn't have to chase around with your mouse to try and click the guy. All you'd hit was the macro, and it would fire on that target. So there was about 15 or 16 of us. And he went, he beamed the Trinsic, and he met the guy in a shop to the southern south part of the city. Because the guy didn't want us to see all his people. Gave him the rune, beamed back to it. And we had our buddy, we told him not to get on his character, to stay there and watch what they were going to do. Sure enough, this guy runs up to the north of the city, gets all his guys together, and he says something like, as soon as the gate's up, run through and attack anybody you see. And they said, okay, yeah, this is great. Oh, and they're all laughing, you know, LOL and haha and what have you. Thinking this would be a great ambush, this would be fantastic, it'll be fun. And if you think about it, it probably would have worked. It was just pure luck that we happen to have a player in the city at that particular spot at that particular time. So, sure enough, the, this moon portal opens up, and all these people start pouring out. The problem was, they only had one hex to stand on, which means they could come through the moon portal, they couldn't go back through it, because people are coming through the other side. Moon portals work that you can only go through it one way, as long as somebody isn't coming in the other direction. So once they were here, they were stuck, like just like a train, you know, just like a, a Congo line, or just like, you know, in a riot. If you're getting squashed from behind, like those soccer riots in Europe, well, you can't go back because everyone's pushing you from behind. So as soon as the first guy appears, we start throwing, lobbing these napalm bombs on this one spot. And we start carrying, uh, casting Firefield, which is like a 10-yard a long stream of fire that stays in the ground and just burns everything. Well, when you're being hit by something or burned, you can't cast spells. So every single one that comes through the, the moon portal, all you hear is, Ah! 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 And one after the other, after the other, after the other would just die. And a couple of them figured out what's going on. They tried to pick up the chest and move, and they couldn't because the chest was too heavy. God is my witness. We called it the, um, what do we call it, the 1G barbecue. And I, I, somebody had some screenshots. I think Lobster, if he's still playing, actually still has the screenshots on hand. I'm pretty sure he still has them. And there's just bodies piled on top of bodies, piled up on top of bodies, and this one hex in front of it. We had so much loot that it took us over an hour of 15 of us getting loot, recalling to our houses, dropping it off, and coming back. There was so much in the ground. We killed 37 players before somebody either, they stopped coming through or somebody got on the ISQ and told them, don't come through, it's a trap, we're all dead. And, of course, these idiots would come back and they'd try to resurrect there or they'd try to get a heal and they'd resurrect with, like, no hit points. We'd kill them again. They'd resurrect, we'd kill them again. We took everything, their clothes, their food, their weapons, their armor, their magical reagents. We left their bodies naked, and then we cut up the bodies. So there's nothing but body parts laying around. 34 of the 55 were killed. Ten minutes later, once their guildmaster was resurrected, he was at his guildstone and sued for peace. And the war ended. Never fought them again. A couple weeks later, I think it was, they disbanded. Either they went to another server or EverQuest or whatever, they quit. And that's how it was. I mean, nobody fucked with us. We were the badasses of the server. 
Yeah, I'm sure the UDL, if you ever go to their website, if you talk to them, I'm sure they'll claim, oh, we were the gods of Catskills. And don't get me wrong, they were they were some of the best players, in the, individually, some of the best players there was. All right? The problem is that they didn't have the same kind of coordination we did. And, and I'll admit it. I mean, you really couldn't try and get around, to, you know, 12 to 16 guys all sitting in the same room at the same time. I mean, all you have to do is I would yell out, all right, everybody fire on the guy in the blue cloak. And, like, you know, have 20 people firing on this guy in the blue cloak. And at the time, there was a program called Fire Chat. I think it was called Fire Chat. One of the very first programs that used a microphone. Uh, There was one called Battlefield Commander, and there was Fire Chat. And we used one of them. I don't remember which. So, and there's a couple of guys that even though they couldn't talk back, they would they would go into this little server, and one of us would have a microphone on one of the computers and would relay what was going on. So, you know, they were hearing with a couple second delay exactly what was going on. Our coordination was fantastic. Schizophrenic, yeah, Schizophrenic asks, wasn't the Undead Lords role players? Yes, they were, and they still are. Um, they're they role play being undead, killing people to their I think the god is named Merkel, or something. I remember because it was funny because we used to call him their god Urkel. In fact, one of us posted a picture of Steve Urkel on their website with a caption at the bottom that says, Give me your souls! And it's like, you know, the stupid... What the hell is his name? Steve White or what the hell is his name? With a giant, stupid, you know, grin on his face. <laughs> Give me your souls! We played Ultimate Alliance through up to, I think, 99 and 2000. It was when we finally stopped playing that. And we kind of meandered around. The clan was very successful in both games, and I think we were kind of a uh, victim of our own success because we really stopped playing all, uh, games for the most part after Ultima Online. We stopped for the most part. We, we played Quake 3 a bit. Quake 2 sucked. Anybody who's played it knows exactly what I'm talking about. It was slow. It was clunky. It was it was like a regurgitated shit-out version of the, of the first one without any of the fun factor. It was terrible. So we didn't play it. Um, we dabbled in StarCraft a little bit. There was, I mean, there just wasn't a whole lot of big games out there that we really played um, up until the creation of the start of the beta for Warcraft 3. So it was about a period of about six months to a year, about a year and a half, where we got together, we still played morally on an infrequent basis. And you have to understand, at the time, life kind of intervened. You know, a lot of us were either finishing up college or, or starting our second degree, our master's. A lot of us got married, some of us went off to the military, some of us, you know, one thing or another was going on, we just didn't play as much. You know, the computers got very expensive at the store, and I tell you what really started it was um, the invention, no, not the invention, but the proliferation of cable modems in the suburbs of Cleveland. Most of us, it was cheaper and much more entertaining for us to have the computers at home, using our own systems, using our own cable modems, rather than playing at the store. And that's, I think, what really killed uh, our our coordination for a couple years there. What changed was when the store got the beta keys for Warcraft 3. And we got beta keys. The store did, um, one, because they asked for them, obviously, but two, because a lot of the players, a lot of the 1G players were still active in gaming, and because we had a big enough presence that they were given consideration for the keys. So a lot of us started playing again, and I didn't even know about it. Um, I just happened to stop in one time at the store, and it had been months since I had stopped in. And I saw um, Ghost was there, and he said, "He's like, Amp, you gotta play this." I, we use our first names; it doesn't really matter. But he's like, "Amp, you gotta play this," and he showed me Warcraft 3 for the first time. 
and I'm like, wow, that looks badass. So we started playing it. We played the hack version, the, uh, what is it? What the hell was it called? There's a real famous hacked version of Warcraft 3. In fact, I think they had one for a while. Joel, thank you, Skits, and Joel White, the Urkel guy. But it was like, wow, wow Vault or Wildcraft or something like that. Something, some kind of Warcraft 3 hacked version. At any rate, it doesn't matter. We played the hacked version from home. Uh, I just got cable modem at my house. And I just had just got myself a new system. The one I have before the one I'm using right now. Okay. Yeah, Divine Justice is not figure. <laughs> Divine Justice and IRC. I figured out Emp's first name. Yeah, it's not hard. I'm sure you know any of the guys listening online could tell you. Hell, if you go back and listen to any of the old sports shows, I could tell you. Because I say it out there. And we started playing Warcraft 3. This is great! So we played it through the beta. I bought it. Um, a bunch of us went to uh, Electronic Boutique, which uh, they just opened a store around the corner. And they were having a midnight giveaway, the midnight selling of the game, when Warcraft 3 first released. So we were up there at like 12.01... And I, in fact, I was dating Mystic Mim at the time, um, before I had proposed, and we're, we're engaged now, to be married in the uh, winter. But I just started dating her, and she's, she looked at me and said, you're, it's midnight, you're going out for a video game? I said, yeah, I want to go out to a video game, I want to be the first on the ladder. She's like, God, that's nerdy. She has since become one with her nerdiness and gamingness, but there was a bunch of us that went up, we got the game, we went home, and we started playing it right then and there. The problem is, um, we didn't get organized, we didn't decide to make a 1G division of it at first. Mainly because our original website was gone. Uh, the Pumpkin King has, uh, had gotten a very, very lucrative job. I mean, uh, he was a big computer programmer. And, th and, and th I think, I'm sorry, I take that back. He was a network administrator, and a damn good one. He had um, graduated uh, from the University of Michigan, and had moved from Detroit to St. Louis. And we had, we had still in contact with him. The problem was... He was literally working 65 to 70 hours a week and simply didn't have time to make a new website or update the one we had. So it went down. Never to be seen again. I, again, still have it on my machine, but at, at any rate. So we didn't get organized at first. And after about two or three months, some of us had fallen out playing Warcraft 3. Really didn't stick with it. It's about this time that I, playing online, came across a guy named Silk. Gravelin wants to know if they're invited to the wedding. Um, no. <laughs> we'll have an in-game wedding. No, no. I can't afford to have all you guys show up to my wedding. We're having a very nice wedding. I mean, I'm not rich. Hell, I'm not even well-to-do. But we have friends and family who have friends who know people and have things. And I know that's awfully vague. Awfully generic, but we're, we're going to have a nice wedding. I'll just leave it at that. More details as we get closer to the event. I'm letting her handle most of it. Guys, here's... We're going to stop the little history here and say a little bit of real-world advice. For the two or three of you who actually have enough guts and will meet a girl, and to the ones of you who will actually date a girl and get her to marry you, do yourself a favor. When it comes to the wedding planning, let her do most of it. Most of these girls have been planning for their wedding since they were little kids. Little girls dreaming about their wedding. Let them handle it. For one, it gets you out of doing a hell, have to do a hell of a lot of work. For two, if anything goes wrong, you don't have to take the blame for it. And for three, if it happens exactly the way they want it, they're happy and they never forget that. Just a little tip. Anyways, back to the story. 
I came across a guy named Silk, and I had played against him in random team uh, and in single player uh, on the ladder and beat him a couple times. And I, he was a very good player, and I stopped and asked him. I, I told him, you know, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. What do you think about joining me in creating a Warcraft 3 division of this clan that I used to have? Oh, that's great. He, he liked the idea, and he decided, okay. And we made one. And this was in, I think, uh, November of 2003? 2002? I'm sorry, what was the first year that Warcraft came out? It was 2002, wasn't it? Yeah, Skit says half of them had the church already rented. Yeah, I'm serious. Luckily, her dad's a pastor, so he owns the church. Or he, I'm sorry, he, he is the head pastor of the church, so we get that for free. But I think it was 2003. And we we had just started to recruit people, and our first recruits were a guy named Arthros and a Chinese-American, funny, shit-talking guy from New York called Warsong. Arthros, you know, because he's still here with us today. He's still playing. Uh, Warsong, I think he he was really big into Warcraft, World of Warcraft. I was waiting for it, and then he, he got uh, uh, deeply involved with the chick, and we never saw him again, so... Who knows what the hell happened to Warsong, but Arthros is still around. Robo Studios, there's going to be 2,000 gamers that try to help out the wedding because of M's advice and lose their only girl they ever had. <laughs> uh, probably. Wouldn't that suck? I listened to this guy on the internet, and he said to let you handle all the work. Hello? Dear? Where are you going? Don't throw the ring at me! So, those were our two first recruits. And we we came across another clan in uh, a ranged team. It was a four on four, and we beat the snot out of them. And it was a group led by a guy named Zerum, who a lot of you remember from Warcraft Zay, the uh, uh, backwards compatible replay program he made. And you also know him as a you know, 1G member. He also he invented the website or created uh, the website before the one you see today. And it helps us out from time to time. He's still around. Big in the Counter-Strike. He has a... Uh, kind of strike clan that he runs that uh, is sponsored last I heard and he's doing very well but we merged with him and we decided to make a, uh, a guild his was clan Dabu ours was guard and it was something stupid like clan Dabu guard and that lasted all of a month because his players weren't active ours were so eventually Silk said you know what I'm going to make the website fuck it we'll do it our own way and we did now, what really brought us to prominence in, in Warcraft 3, which is probably the the uh, last game that we were really dominant in, at least in our little circle, was there was this program that he and I had used called Roger Wilco, which was a, uh, a chat program, much like Ventrilo is today. A little more raw, a little more uh, primitive, but it worked. And you could fit 60, 70 people on there. So we were having a couple show matches, and we all hung out on uh, Azeroth, U.S. East, in this channel called Channel Obs, Clan Obs, OBS. And the place was always full of like 40 people. And I mean, people, they got to know us, we got to know them, they knew who, who Imperial Guard was. And I just happened to pick up my microphone one day, and we were doing a, a game, uh, they were doing some practice games, and everybody would crowd in to observe the game, and a bunch of people were using our Roger Wilco server. So I just, for the hell of it, started to do play-by-play. -play. Making jokes like, you know, I can't believe you did this, what a fucking moron, you know, uh, only a, a autistic, you know, drooling, retarded moron would make this kind of move. People loved it. Next thing you know, we got 30 people in the server, 40, all in the span of like half an hour. As it became known throughout, you know, the uh, channel OBS that I was doing a play-by-play -play of 
uh, whatever two players were playing at the time, like a show match. And it got so big that over the course of a week that our Roger Wilco server would literally keep crashing. So I went and I bought a program, actually it was an online program, for recording uh, whatever you said on a microphone. Because you have those stupid little MS recorders that are good for like two minutes. Like, try it out and then buy it. So I dropped like 30 bucks. I bought uh, this, this recording program. And I spent 50 bucks, got myself a really nice microphone. And I would call the match live, and then later the next day, I would record the match, and I'd post it on our website. And I would, I would have the match, the replay, and I'd have the audio. And I'd, I'd put them together, and people would watch them. And that's how ClanWinG.com got our start. We started off literally with, at the time, I had said, we only want six members. We want a guy for each of the races, all four races, and then two random players, which was me and Silk. And it ended up being Warsong, Arthros, myself, Silk... Uh, a guy named Cream, and then um, I think a guy named Rufus Shinra. And that's how I got started with Warcraft 3. Now for the bad part, the down times. The darker times, the dark ages. After about a year of running in Warcraft 3, and then we also got uh, Beta Keys for the Frozen Throne. We were that well known. We had a variety of professional players that were playing under our tag. We're talking, you know, people who qualified for uh, the, the WCG, the World Cyber Games, and actually went there. In fact, one of our members took third place in Los Angeles and came within a game of going to South Korea uh, for the tournament. Things were going very well. We were up to, we had like, I think it was a little around 5,000 registered members on the forums. Neva can, can vouch for this. Uh, Black Meanie was on our staff. We actually had two things. We had a staff that ran the website, or would run the website, and we had um, the clan members. There were two distinct parts. And we had, uh, I started hiring a variety of different shoutcasters. People like Down Ware, who now works for Warcraft Replays. Uh, Move Zig, who was uh, a French-Canadian, great broadcaster. Um, Zerum stepped in the box, Brightness of Day, who's still with us, he did some casting. Uh, a guy named Rune Rider, um, who did some casting, he was from blizzpub.net originally. Some very big name casters. And we ran shows six nights a week. We were probably the original broadcasting network. All Warcraft 3, you know, I had two shows myself. I had Monday Night Mayhem, and I had Thursday Night Thuggery. And we ran, we had the Saturday Night Special... We had uh, Words on Wednesday. We had Free for All Tuesdays, which is another show I eventually did. And we would have a different caster on every single night for hours. Now, while radio had nothing on what we did, Divine Justice, we did this years ago. We had our own server. We paid for it out of our own pocket. Um, we did land one sponsor, and this is, really aggravates me to this day. We got so big that we decided we were going to hold a tournament. And there was this gaming company, the series of gaming companies on the East Coast uh, called X-Zone, X-Zone Games. And one of their upper, bigger ups decided that he wanted to have a Warcraft 3 sponsored team that would play for X-Zone. And a couple of the, the players that he recruited were players that I had done shoutcasts for, like Fear Fact, um, Fate from Clan ZA, a lot of the top names on our server on US East uh, knew me through my broadcast because they would send us their exclusive replays. Things like that WarcraftReplays.com couldn't get or, uh, you know, uh, like uh, Replays.net couldn't get. Only we would get their replays. They were very good about that and we thanked them for that. 
And they said, one of the players said, well, as long as you're going this far to recruit a team, why don't you recruit our own broadcasting squad? I know of a guy, he plays, he's at this site, who does this. You might want to listen to him. And long story short, too late, he offered to pony up 300 bucks if we were to host a tournament. And we would say on the air, sponsored by X-Zone Games. So we did. And we sponsored it was a $300 tournament. We had a little over 600 people sign up for this thing. You want to talk about a mother of a tournament to keep track of all online. All of it done online. No, everybody didn't think Ziggy was Asian, did they? I thought it was pretty, pretty obvious he was French. Anyway, we took up, I don't know, like eight or nine different channels filled with 40 people. I broadcasted. I took the day off from work, and uh, uh, Mystic Bim took the kid, and uh, they were shopping most of the day and doing things. I broadcasted that day for six and a half hours of play-by-play, and I switched off because the tournament went all day. I switched off on and on with a couple other casters, but six and a half hours. So I had to do... The last match, quarterfinals, semifinals, and then finals match. And the finals match pitted some guy from Taiwan versus some jackass from Brazil. And the guy from Brazil, it didn't matter who hosted the game, he bitched about lag over and over and over and over and over again. And we finally told him, listen, either play the game, fucker, or we're taking the money from you and to hell with it. Okay. So we finally played. The lag was fine. He got smoked by the guy from Taiwan. Guy from Taiwan gave us his email address. We were supposed to send it to him in PayPal. Oh! Just then, lo and behold, the guy from Exxon backs out of the deal. He decides, oh, I don't want to pay 300 bucks. Thank you for all the sponsorship. We appreciate it. This went on for over a month. We sent him repeated emails. We asked him nicely. Eventually, he just stopped responding altogether. And primarily, pretty much his, his answer was, we wanted to, to test to see how much sponsorship we got. We got a lot of it. We thank you for it. There was no contract. It said we had to give you the money, only a verbal agreement, which isn't, um, which isn't legal. Yeah, Skit's saying, I remember listening to the tournament at work. He signed a beat down at the end. I was. I was tired. My throat was going. I was annoyed because this guy from Brazil kept on bitching. Anyways, so this X-Zone fucker tells us, oh, yeah, well, there's no contract saying we have to give you the money. So, oh, oh well, we're just going to have to back out. That was the wrong thing to do. Silk started organizing. We sent out an, an email to um, our 5,000 forum members. We also sent an email out to Clan Inn, because we we knew them. Tillerman and I didn't get along. He knew who I was. Uh, you know, I, I used to ridicule him all the time, make fun of him. Uh, we sent an email out to Warcraft Replays. We sent him out to Warbucket.com. We sent out to Replays.net, which, which we had a, a affiliate deal with. All these different websites we sent out emails to. All these different clans we sent the emails to. I don't know, something like 15,000, 20,000 individual emails were sent out. Uh, granted, they were sent out all at once from a programmer, a program that we had. So it wasn't like we had 15,000 people individually putting in these email addresses. Anyways, the protests got so big, people going to xzone.com or whatever, the, I forget what it was, like xzonegames.com, that eventually they shut down the, the website altogether. And they posted a note saying, Exxon Games will return at a later time. The website is now down for maintenance. It was down for maintenance for a little over five months and then disappeared altogether. It no longer exists. I called the company um, a couple months after our little uh, mail-in protest began. And a lot of us continued, because what it was would be a generic email. And it was, you know, ridiculing them, saying we're spreading the word. 
of boycotts not going to begin across the internet. You won't be able to get a sponsor team. No one's going to play for you. The word is out. You guys are scumballs. And it was, uh, we would, they would send the email out and it would generate itself. You all had to do was click send. And from what I understand, I called the company a little while later. And under the guise of a different player I, or a different person, I asked for the name of this, this head up. And the guy that answered the phone, he said, the executive said, well, I'm sorry, that person's no longer employed here. Would you like to talk to his replacement? And I said, sure. And I started talking to her. It was actually a woman. I started talking to her. And I explained to her who I was. And she said, oh, so you're the one who started this. I said, no, I'm one of the people that started this. And I said, ma'am, don't say that I started because I saved all of the, uh, the chats we had on the Internet, all the emails that we sent back and forth. I have all of that. I also have all the emails and such that he sent to my webmaster named Silk. And she said, well, we, we did have a problem with that. That was one of the reasons why he was let go. He no longer works here. We are very sorry about that. We're not going to send him the, send you the 300 bucks. We understand that he uh, we're, we're probably obligated to. He, he was not allowed to make those kind of decisions, make those kind of, of uh, arrangements. And I said, well, I just want you to know that any time you decide to put up a website, it's going to get lamb blasted just like it is. Because you not only stiffed the player who won it, but you also tried ruining our reputation. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, that's what's happening. Because now it looks like Clan G had a tournament for a bunch of attention for a purse of money that doesn't exist. So she said, well, I'll tell you what. I will post, I'll have one of the webmasters post an apology saying that we're the reason for it, so they can blame you and take the heat off of, uh, they can blame us, take the heat off of you. And they did. And we got by it. We ended up sending, I don't know, some amount of money that we scraped together, our, us personally, to the winner, just to make good on something. It wasn't even remotely close to 300 bucks. So the, all of this came to an end. And, and this is one of the dark stories. This is why it's the dark ages. And I won't go into the whole thing because uh, I'm still bitter about it, and it's three years later. Silk decided that he wanted to get into World of Warcraft big time. He also decided that he wanted to take the next step up, that he was tired of running an individual website. He wanted to be part of something much bigger. And he applied um, behind our backs, not just me, but also the, the staff and the members of the clan. And he applied to work for a website called uh, WarcraftReplace.com, which we had feuded with to a great degree um, over the last year and a half of Warcraft 3, mainly because we were an individual clan that had exclusive replays from a lot of the top players that they wanted and couldn't get. They were also very aggravated that a lot of our broadcasters were putting theirs to shame getting more name recognition, and they hated that. At least a couple of the owners did. So there was feuding back and forth between us. And anybody who follows either site knows that. Still bad blood, bad blood to this day. I think it's w3plays.com these days. Anyway, rate, he went behind our back to the then owners of the site and said, look, I would like to become your webmaster. Look at the different things I did for 1G. They wouldn't be here without me. I can do that for you guys if you let me come work here. Now, WC Replays, or at the time, Warcraft Replays, had a forums of about 100,000 players. It was one of the biggest Warcraft 3 websites around. You couldn't get much bigger. That was the allure. And they made him a deal. And they said, you take down the 1G website, the Clan1G.com website. You shut it down. Yeah, see, Skit says, the good old days of Bala. Bala, Sh uh, Shinde, Rainvision, all those little fuckos. And they said, you take it down. Make sure the 1G site never comes back up. You make it public that you're leaving, and you can come work for us. And he did. 
clanwithg.com, and this is a mistake that I made because I trusted him. The clanwithg.com database and website and forums was in his name. I helped pay for half of it because we went through a lot of bandwidth a month. We had a lot of people listening. It was not unusual to have five, 600 people listening. We had a very big server, and we had to continually upgrade. But the next day, the website was down. It was gone. The forums wiped out and gone. He took the forums, he reskinned them, and put them on his World of Warcraft site that he had built behind my back, didn't know about it. His entire intent was to use this website to get beta keys for the World of Warcraft release. So it was called WildMailStrom.com. W-O-W-M-A-L, or I'm sorry, M-E-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. Maelstrom. And he took that with him to W3 Place when he went. I was very pissed. I still am to this day, because that was, you have to understand, that was a lot of hard work that, that I put in. I mean, I was online almost nightly for an hour or two, talking to the top players, you know, arranging clan or, clan tournaments, recruiting players, doing broadcasts, talking to our broadcasters, getting the database squared away, you know, schmoozing with the different people on the different clans and servers to get things. All right? And it was gone because he wanted to work for a, to get a bigger name for himself and said as much and said I, I got tired of working for something that was for a clan very large for a general community very large for you know nice but he wanted something much much larger the end result was that clan1g.com was, was went down and he tried to make sure that we wouldn't get our database back and he, he did his best to wipe that out. He tried to make sure that we wouldn't have a website. And that's how One Year Born came to be. That's how we got this website. Some of the players rallied around me. Cause I, and I had, when I found out, I really let out on them. I really went off. And I was able to post it on our forums before I was able to take them down. So people knew what was going on. People like Arthros, Warsong, Tree Fingers, Fear, um, uh, the different staff members like Black Meanie, Neba, uh, Stealth Diamond, Antics, uh, Schizophrenic was from that era. He knows what I'm talking about. Brightness of Day actually joined us a little afterwards um, at onesyoureborn.com. Some of the guys that no longer work for the site that are retired gamers were there. And uh, and Zerum was the biggest one that came to our aid. And I asked him, I said, and I explained the situation to him because I had just gotten back in contact with me and stopped playing Warcraft 3 for a long time. And I explained the situation to him, and Zerum, you have to understand, the guy is a freaking genius when it comes to programming. Websites, programming, whatever. You've all, I'm sure, anybody who's played Warcraft 3 has at one time or another either heard or played or used Warcraft Zay. He is the designer of that. He had a working website up. He had something up at onesyourborn.com within 24 hours. We had a fully functioning website, a good one, in less than three days. That man busted his ass to put out a website, and a, a pretty nice one, too, in three days' time. The reason I'm as bitter as I am about it is that as well as 1G is doing right now with the the network, the broadcast network we have today, the sponsors we have for the clan, you know, the success we're now seeing in World of Warcraft, the success we... And I'll get to... So we haven't gotten to that part yet in the story. We still, as a website, as a forum, are not as big as we were at clan1g.com. And the final stab in the back 
is that the bastard deliberately let the website expire. And he paid for a block to put on it from whatever site he got it from so that it would roll over to the general public. I wouldn't be able to put a bid into it. It would go to somebody else who already had a bid to buy the website if and when it decided to collapse, I mean uh, expire, the domain registration. And to this day, it is currently owned by, owned by a holding company. Uh, it's a search company that buys up, you know, websites that get X amount of hits or popular websites and uses them to advertise one thing or another. Like if you go to clan1g.com today, you know, you're not going to be able to find much. I think it's just, uh, let me see, if I type it in just to see what it is these days. Yeah, so it says welcome1g.com and it's like related search, searches, autos, education, business, there's a bunch of advertisements, there's a search, en search engine at the bottom. It's owned by uh, MDNH Incorporated. About a year ago, um, I contacted them and asked them how much it would be if, if I was to buy the naming rights to clan1g.com. And yeah, he blocked the uh, bandit, he blocked the domain from uh, transfer. It was part of his agreement. He had to make sure that we would, he thought that when the website was gone, that would be it. That people would forget to forget where we were, they wouldn't know where to find us, they wouldn't care. And those are quite a few staffers that left with him uh, to Warcraft Replace that he brought with him that thought, you know, let's make the best of it. 1G's dead. It's not going anywhere. And they wanted, I talked to them last year, they wanted $2,500 for Clan1G.com. And as much as I, and it is a sentimental thing because it is a lot of hard work I put into it. I just don't, I don't have 2500 bucks to blow on a domain name as much as I would like it. I just, I don't have the money. And even if I did, I think it would be hard to justify 2500 bucks for a domain name that's not a business that I'm not going to make any money off of that's, you know, just for something that I used to do on for fun. And that's what got us in trouble with people like Warcraft, like WarcraftStrategies.com, Warcraft Replays, because they had premium memberships, meaning that, yeah, the Photoshop crew, meaning you could spend money, like, I think it was like three or five buck membership a month, and you got exclusive articles from players and audios from players and replays when we were doing everything for free and our quality was at 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 the least as good as theirs most of the time it was better and several times i was offered um given offers to buy clan1g.com and later oneyearborn.com i was offered by a couple different people a couple different uh networks bandit i'm not going to ask donations from my listenership for 2500 bucks to buy a domain name even if I did, I seriously doubt there's anybody out there that would fork over, uh, like, even five bucks or something like that. It's a shame. It's terrible. But that's the reality. So, OneJuraBorn.com was founded um, within three days. It was up and running. And we've been there ever since, at least at that location. As for what happened to Silk, um, he was later fired by Warcraft Replace. I don't know the reasons behind it. I never really cared enough to find out. Only that he was, in fact, fired. Um, while Maelstrom, yeah, while Maelstrom died, um, the website died, oh, right around the start of phase two of closed beta. They shut it down because that it just wasn't getting any websites. It was too much work to uh, keep track of, and there was better sites out there like Thoughtbot, Alakazam, things like that. 
Yeah, somebody, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at an old AIM that was just sent to me, um, about 10 minutes ago. I'm sorry, actually about an hour ago. Um, and, uh, Sin's Victim wanted me to tell a story of the Pumpkin King and, uh, one of those quake matches. And I'll get to that in a second. I want to finish this little history. We're getting, we're getting close to the end here. So, when, when you were born .com was founded, we brought back most of the staff, we brought back most of the, uh, the clan members. We kept, we kept on going to Warcraft 3, uh, right up until the beta of World of Warcraft began. Um, that, and a little after the same time, Rome Total War began to come out, and we got into that. The other big one at the time was Unreal Tournament. We had a 1G unter or, uh, Imperial Guard Unreal Tournament division that was, at the time, very popular. Because uh, the game came out, and we had a division of some very good players. Unfortunately, Zerum um, had a falling out with most of us over the way that was run. Um, I won't go into it much other than to say, because we never really had any good, big official matches. But after a while, he did, I wouldn't say take the ball and go home, but it was decided mutually between us and the 1G uh, Unreal Tournament players that they would probably do best to go on their own. Because we had our own server, we had... Um, uh, Zerum actually built three different websites for all three games that we were playing. Warcraft 3, World of Warcraft, Unreal Tournament. And depending which one you clicked on, it would take you to three different branches of the news and what was going on in that particular division. Uh, it was actually pretty clever the way he did it. But it was decided they would be better off taking their, um, their clan and going elsewhere. Simply because they weren't running things the way we wanted to. There was a lot of fighting between the traditional members of the clan and these new guys coming in. It, it just was not a very good... Um, it was not a very good situation. So they did. They lasted about three months at uh, like, like gldgames.com or something like that. And then they died, and that was it. Never heard from them again. There's a lesson to be learned here, folks. There's a lesson to be learned. Uh, Rome Total War requires no explanation from me, folks. You know pretty much uh, the dominance that we had in that game. We're 27-0 as a clan. We stopped playing up until recently, actually for about a year. We stopped playing Rome Total War because there was simply no competition out there. Either in Europe or in the States, there's just no way they could beat us. We quit. Yeah, Schizophrenic posted a uh, website, or, I'm sorry, a, a picture uh, in the uh, IRC chat channel. If you can see it, it's actually pretty cool. Um, I also, you know what, once you put, or I'm sorry, Skits put it up on the Winchy forums, but it's this Photoshop of a, uh, a scorpion uh, car falling off of a... Uh, a pipe that it's running along on, you see the guy shooting at it, and at the top it says, 1GUT Driving School. Who else could fuck up with so much style? And it's this car doing a barrel roll it's falling off this uh, pipe and hitting the ground. It, it's kind of funny. You should take a look Take a look at it. Yeah. But uh, World of Warcraft, that's where we, we reside today. That's where the clan is today. 11 years after its founding. Um, we were in closed beta for World of Warcraft, and we've been playing it ever since. Uh, we took one brief break in around October of last year. And we took a break. A lot of us stopped playing from October till May of this year, when we kicked things into high gear. Um, at the time we stopped playing, you have to understand, I am not a fan of big guilds and, and big clans. And it's a lesson I learned in Ultima Online, is that you can do a lot more with a small group, of highly motivated, highly organized people who are learned, who are used to playing together, and that is how we decided we were going to do Warcraft. Sorry, World of Warcraft when we began. We were not aware that it was raid or die. That it was 40-man raids in the game. 
it was beyond our comprehension. We never thought about that. Because everything we've done always been five-man runs. So we had built a clan around the different forum members in our uh, of our website and the members of different divisions of our clan. So at most, we had around 20, 25 players. Dedicated you know, players playing on a regular basis. By the time October ran around, we were just burned out. We had tried several times to recruit enough players to do Molten Core, Anixia, eventually Blackwing Lair, and it just never went anywhere because the players we would invite were either immature or they had their own, you know, visions of what they wanted to do, and more often than not, they didn't want to help build anything, so we would spend all this time gearing up people, leveling up people, hoping that, having been with us for several months, having worked with us, they would decide to stay there and help, you know, put the foundation blocks in place to start doing 40-man raids. I can't tell you how many players have left and rather joined a raiding guild that was already uh, that was already around. Like Feared, Horde of Renegades, Surreal, pick your poison. None of which are around anymore. They all died. But they were chasing the loot and they were chasing the epics. In fact, we had a couple, like, two or three year members that had left the clan uh, for that very reason. I don't think any of them play anymore. All of them had their guilds collapse around them after they left, uh, and they just quit playing. We started back up in May. And I got up, yeah, Fritz says, thank God for the Burning Crusade. That is yet to be seen. That remains to be seen. We started up again May of this year, and we've been cruising ever since. Um, we decided we were going to keep it around the 20, 25, 30 man. Uh, we actually recruited in, uh, we merged with a uh, clan named Voodoo, and a bunch of Annapolis players, Annapolis Military, I'm sorry, Naval Academy, uh, joined us from a clan called Charlie Foxtrot, and they've been with us ever since. Yeah, Brightass says, fuck epics, that's all I gotta say. And I agree. And we gathered all these players together, and our roster stands at, I think, 150 members. I think about 70 of which, thereabouts, are, are individual accounts. And since then, we've got Zogorobun farm status, we're doing AK-20. Um, a lot of us have done Molten Core and Blackwing Lair. I know Mechahawk has been everywhere. Uh, we've done A lot of us have done Anixia. We've gotten our loot, we've gotten our, our epics. We've geared out our people without ever having to compromise who we are, the guild we play for, and never forgetting we play for the name on the back of the jersey, not the front. Shit can be done if you have the motivation, the creativity to do it. These people never did. That's what makes me bitter. Is, is you can throw away three years of, of friendship. As far as you know, online gaming goes, you knew these people. You played with them long enough. And they decided to go around the, to go on their own. It's Yoshi? I don't know who the hell Yoshi is. You gotta be a little more... Oh, Mayoshi? Or Toshi? I assume. Anyways, it, it, the group of players we have now is very reminiscent to what we had in Ultima Online, in Quake, what we had at the beginning of Warcraft 3. People who understand that it's all about doing what's best for the clan because if you leave, 10 people leave, 20 people leave, it's irregardless. It's irrelevant. We will still be here long after you have gone and whatever shit guild or clan that you joined. And this has happened time and again and again and again. Oh, it's not falling, it's stuck. Thank Schizophrenic wanted to clarify the uh that the scorpion car that's falling off this side in that uh picture isn't falling anywhere, it's actually stuck in the tube, so there you go. I guess it's ironic if you think about it. The very thing that almost drove us away from playing World of Warcraft altogether 
and that caused us to lose, you know, several not just full-time members, but continually had a, a turnover rate for the members we had in World of Warcraft is the very reason why Blizzard has now made the Burning Crusade the way it is. There will no longer be any 40-man raids. There'll be 20 and 25-man at the most. Mostly 5 or 10 to 15-man raids. The loot um, is not going to... The disparity is going to disappear. It's going to be more on a parallel. And I think about it, and I think of the lack of vision, the lack of the big picture that a lot of these players had. And a lot of them don't play anymore. And we've had several um, come back that after failing in whatever shithole clan they tried to join, realizing their mistake or realizing that they had it better before they left, tried to get back in. And we won't let them. I have a rule. As long as I am here and, and have a say in how things operate, this is the way it will be. Uh, okay. Okay. 